Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Love the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 through the fan at Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broadus. He is now the co host of the G Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 through the fan in Dallas. And he is also the pre and post game co host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And we brought you guys a, an immediate reaction episode to the Patriots Cowboys game earlier this week. Uh, we've both gotten a chance now to look at the film a little bit, so we're going to give you some of the broader, uh, deeper takeaways from that game, uh, then look ahead a little bit to the San Francisco game, and then we'll do the mailbag. But uh, before we jump into any of that, Brian, how you doing? Uh, happy 49ers week. Yeah, how about that, man? This is, a, uh, this is an exciting week. It's also a very stressful week when you yes. start to deal with, uh, with teams that um, – the NFL, I should say, it's stressful every week. What am I saying? It doesn't matter who you're playing. But this particularly is a, a moment that, or a week where you're dealing with oh, who I call a bully. I think San Francisco, the 49ers, I think they're they're very much uh, in the National Football League uh, hierarchy. They're the one team that has that ability to go anywhere, uh, home, road, doesn't matter. And they're going to be a physical bunch that you have to deal with and you know the last couple of years Dallas has played them very well defensively been knocked out of the playoffs by them a couple of times there is a lot of pressure on the Cowboys I also think there's some pressure on the 49ers as well you know the 49ers want to maintain that undefeated record they want to maintain that bully mentality that they have but this is a a challenge that I, I think the Cowboys will be ready for and I'm really looking forward to it I'm looking forward yeah. to the preparation. I'm looking forward to after I get done with uh, with working with you today, sitting down and and watching the 49ers and trying to kind of figure out a way, the best way to attack or the best way to kind of plan and give our give our listeners the opportunity for uh, to to have uh, an understanding of you know maybe what lies ahead. I think we've been pretty consistent throughout our show. Which again, I thank everybody out there for listening the way you guys have. And, uh, you know, we just want to bring you the best possible coverage, and, I, and it's a really exciting week to do it. 
Yeah, it's 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 a really fun game. I, I'm I'm I love this, and like I said, we'll talk next segment a little bit about some of the history. But I just I think it's best for the NFL. Oh, there's some history. There's when some they, history. These two here. teams are good. Yeah, and there's history here that there's like, history goes back to yeah, it goes back to the '70s. You could yeah. actually take this thing all the way back when I was a when I was Let's a kid. Talk. Yeah, behind me, all these pennants that you guys kind of laugh at me about. But th- that's my history. That goes back to San Francisco in the in the in the nineteen seventies. So Which yeah, I, I I don't want to spoil that because we got a lot of fun stories there. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm curious when you sit down and you're going to watch the tape of the the Forty ers Any interest in going back and watching the tape from the playoff game last year? Are you going to redo that one? I think uh, I I you know I. I or burn it because the offensive coordinator. I, no, I, I I'm interested in watching. I'm interested in watching because I always like to see how you matched up. How did mm-hmm. you match up uh, you know, with the Trent Williams? How did you handle Kyle Juszczyk? Uh What was the coverage like? You know, uh, you know, how were they trying to confuse uh, Brock Purdy in this game? Dallas had some success on defense. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, though, the ball just didn't bounce the way it usually bounces and, or you would hope that it bounces. And, you know, that's, that's the things that you deal with. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely, I'll go back just to see what, what the matchups looked like a little bit. Well, the Cowboys are going to be coming into this one, uh, coming off of a big victory over the New England Patriots, largest halftime deficit in Bill Belichick's head coaching career, largest loss in Bill Belichick's head coaching career, uh, a dominant performance from the Cowboys all three phases. Um, I, I guess, we, you know, as I often do, Brian, uh, I guess I'll just toss it to you right off the bat just with the question of what was the the blinking light for you, good or bad, when you went back and watched the tape of what was it, an absolutely dominant win for the Cowboys? I think the blinking light of good is that uh, Chuma Adoga continues to play at a level – much higher than I even believed he could play at tackle. And to the point where if we get into this week and there's continues to be questions about Tyron Smith, do I want Tyron Smith not to play in this game? That's I'm not saying that. I'd love to have Tyron Smith play in this game. I think it's important that Tyron Smith does play in this game, especially with the way that San Francisco's front generates pressure with four-man rush. Which Jerry Jones told us on 105 through the fan this morning as we're recording this on Tuesday, he referred to Tyron Smith as iffy. Yeah. So that that sounds like it's it's gonna be a a tough It's gonna be close. Here we go. So yeah, but I I think the blinking light good, Chuma Adoga. Uh I was not one of those guys that was particularly excited about Chuma Adoga playing at any time. And I'm one of these guys, as you folks know, that if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I admit it, and uh, I'm happy to admit that. Uh, that he's playing much better at a much better level than I thought he could even play from what I saw with my own eyes at training camp. They had a much better plan for him than I ever believed. I thought kicking Tyler Smith outside and maybe playing him at guard might be the way to go. I know there's people uh, that uh, listen to us that are wondering that exact same question. But, you know, when you talk to people in the organization, much like you do, Bobby, as an insider – they will tell you that they don't want to keep moving Tyler Smith around. And they felt like that maybe that Tyron Smith would be back. And that's something that Mike McCarthy said. You know, he why do you not play Tyler Smith outside? Because Tyron Smith is coming back. Well, it might be another week of Chuma Adoga this week, but blinking light good. Another blinking light that people see as bad is the red zone offense. I don't think it's as bad as people think it is. Okay. And, and I say that in this way. 
Um, I always encourage people if you can, and it's and I know it's a, a, an expensive proposition, but you do have the ability to go to NFL.com and get the All 22. You have that ability, and you know, it, yeah, it's it's pricey, but you get it and you learn about the game. You learn about when they get down in the red zone. What are the struggles you see? The struggles I see. Cover two, Dak tries to throw the ball to Schoonmaker up the middle of the seam. Schoonmaker doesn't make the play. But if Dak throws the ball to the outside of the wide open Brandon Cooks, it's a walk-in touchdown. You know, I, I see Schoonmaker run a route inside. I see Zach Martin, he, uh, Bentley, the linebacker, comes on a blitz. He... Zach Martin stones Bentley so bad at the line of scrimmage that Bentley stops his rush and jumps straight up in the air and ball's tipped. You know, Dak trying to fit the ball to Schoonmaker on the goal line. He's going to throw the ball to the to the outside of Schoonmaker, and it's going to be either be a tackle at the one or a walk-in touchdown. Mm-hmm. I see Dak Prescott hand the ball inside. They don't block it very clean on the uh, the read option. He doesn't pull the ball, but he's got him and Ferguson can walk in if he pulls the ball, which Ferguson turns around and slaps Dak in the chest like, why did you not pull it? You know, and you can see Dak kind of, you know, react like, oh, yeah. Brian, this this sounds like you're trying to take down my quarterback. I'm not. (laughs) I I think the quarterback, I think the quarterback's done a really, really nice job. If you tell me uh, the quarterback has a 97 ra- a rating uh, against Bill Belichick in three games of his career, probably the highest rating any quarterback's ever had against a Bill Belichick defense. And, well, you know, yeah, you'd have to guess. Maybe Peyton Manning has got a, a rating. I don't know. Somebody's probably got a rating. But anyway, there, I, I see self-inflicted stuff. I Blinking light. Dallas needs to figure out in the red zone – how many plays they are going to run where they try and fool the linebacker or the edge to chase the play. Because what they're having, the problems they're having is these edges or linebackers, again, if you get the all 22 from NFL.com, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting any money for this, but I'm just saying you can learn a lot about your football team watching. You really can yeah. And it's really simple to do. You don't have to be a former scout. You watch. You're like, wow, okay, here they're in the red zone. Let's see what's happening. Oh, Cooks is open here. Oh, wait a minute. Dak could have pulled the ball. Oh, wait a minute. Schoonmaker was open, but the ball got tipped. These are all things that happen during a game, and I feel like I feel like they're correctable things. I don't see it being – but the, the one thing that I do worry about, Bobby, and I said it, I do worry about how many times are you going to try and fool a defensive end, an edge, or a linebacker to chase a ball? Because it seems like when they've tried to run that we're going to trick you type of play, those those guys I've talked about have maintained leverage, stayed home, and then resulted into a negative play or a sack. Yeah, and and I think that that's a – this is something that – there's a lot of this that probably can be cleaned up by execution. Um, I, I think a lot of it also has to do with there's probably a little bit of a fluky nature to this. Yeah. I, I mean, look, if you if you're one yard closer, you get a red zone conversion with CeeDee Lamb's touchdown. 
if, uh, like you said, if, if Cooks throws the ball to Cooks, but I mean, you don't even have to get to that. If it's just Schoonmaker finishes the catch, that's one that you convert there. You're you're talking about your 60% in the red zone right there if you just have those two things happen. And so there, there's a little bit of flukiness to it. Uh, this is the question that Sean Sharif, our, our teammate at 105 through the fan, asked Mike McCarthy last Friday. I asked it right back to Sean on Monday. Uh, and, and I guess I'll throw it over to you, Brian. At what point, how, how many weeks in a row would we have to see some of the red zone struggles for you to say, this is a trend and I can't just explain it away as bad luck anymore? If they were really bad, if they were not, if there were, if I didn't see creativity, and I mean creativity of trying to hide a guy and bring him emotion. Okay, creativity is trying to fool the edge or trying yeah. to fool the linebacker. That's creativity. You're trying to mess with somebody in order to get an advantage on the outside or get an advantage on the edge. If I didn't see I, I'm glad I'm seeing it, but I wonder at what point, what what at what cost. Is there another way to do that without leaving guys unblocked? The option play against Arizona where they unblock two and CeeDee Lamb gets trapped for minus four. Yeah. You know, I, the plays where they're kind of trying to mess with your eye level are not having success. The plays they are having success in is when you hand the ball to a Hunter Lipke and try and get three yards, four yards. You know, th- those are uh, – or, you know, the play when you're trying to – if Dak would just pull the ball. You know, though, I think if I didn't see that, if I just saw them running the ball into a brick wall and then trying to throw fades all day and not complete any of those, now I think your trends are this is a bad red zone offense. Here's a big film takeaway for me uh, or for me from this particular game, Brian. Um, and I, 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 you've probably seen me talk about some of this on social media. I haven't, I haven't gotten your thoughts on it yet. So you may have a disagreement here. But here's what I'm thinking after watching two weeks of can Tyler I, Smith back in the lineup. Can I yeah. ask you something real quick? Yeah. Where, where do you think that – are you worried about the trends? I mean, you asked the question. Is yeah, there, I think I, I, there's definitely some execution aspect to this. Um, I do think that there's still uh, Giants game. You get down there and and you just throw three straight passes. Um, you get Pollard, you know, nice yardage, nice yardage, and then on third down you try and get cute and Dak gets sacked. Like I still think there is some aspect of this that is play calling. Um, but execution is part of it, and execution tends to level out and and tends to even out over time, and so. I don't think they're going to be 37% in the red zone all season like they are right now. Um, but I also don't know, based on what I've seen, if they'll be the 71% or whatever they were last year. I don't know that they'll be that. Um, and so it, it's just something that they'll have to work on, something that we'll see. They'll get a chance this week against the the 49ers to see if that's different because that was something that they struggled with last year too um, in the red zone against 49ers in, in the game last year. So something to watch for sure. Brian, these two weeks against the Cardinals and this game against the Patriots, I think that if if you tell me Tyler Smith is going to play the entire season like he's played these first two weeks, he's going to be an all-pro this year. He is a dominant football player these first two weeks he's been back. Can you elaborate on what you've seen? Yeah, this is a guy who I think the size, power, 
athleticism combination. Whereas last year, a lot of it, what you'd see was stuff that was, you know, the, the traits would help him, but there were a lot of times where the technique would kill him. His technique has gotten so much better, subtle stuff with hand placement, um, you know, making sure blockers aren't getting to their ear or making sure edge rushers aren't able to get into what they want to do, swatting hands away. The the agility he plays with, there was a, a run for Pollard in the second quarter where Tyler helps on the uh, helps on the, the nose there, and then he immediately yeah. runs up and catches, I think it was Peppers. Yeah. Caught Peppers, had, had, the, had the athleticism to get back up, get Peppers, right. and just maul him out of the way. He plays with so much power. The technique is light years ahead of where it was last year. And this is massive, massive credit to Will McClay, massive credit to Klein Kubiak, their national scout, who at the time was the the area scout when Tyler Smith was picked. And then I think you have to give credit to Joe Philbin for the initial work, um, but probably more Mike Solari for what he's done this offseason with him. And then a lot of credit for me uh, for Duke Manyweather. And then, of course, credit to Tyler Smith himself. But I think Will McClay, Klein Kubiak, the work they did, this personnel department did, to know these are correctable things and not only correctable things, but we've done the work to understand this is a kid who can take to the teaching and can take to the coaching. That's great work to me. Tyler Smith, the work he's put in, that's great. And then what Mike Solari's doing in, within the building and what Duke Manyweather's doing with him outside the building, I think this is a, a, a collective A-plus for everybody involved because they have turned him into, through his two games, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. No, and um, and I think you, you really covered the bases there. And I, the, the, the answer you gave was outstanding. I, I'll also add that coming out, this kid was one of the most penalized players in college football. Yeah. And that's something that he that tag he had to wear coming in. We don't talk about that anymore. We just mm-hmm. don't. And the thing that I was worried about, Bobby, was I think Joe Philbin had done a good job with these guys. And I was worried about Joe Philbin being gone now. And, you know, were we going to see Steele take a step back? Were we going to see Smith take a step back? Were we going to see Biotish take a step back? Yeah. You know? And it's it hasn't been the case at all uh you know uh, great job by by joe philbin to get these guys ready to play uh last year especially tyler smith going from guard to tackle and playing the whole year the way he did and the fact that he's now you know playing guard as well as he is i think you're absolutely right and i think you're absolutely right about all the credit you gave to the people that were there uh and the the ones that helped him start the journey that he's currently on yeah, it's it's just it's a like I said, it's a really great job by the Cowboys personnel department. This is, and I'll also say this, and I I haven't gotten a chance to hear your thoughts on this particular player yet. Um, I I know some people will look at the PFF grade and they'll see what they they saw out there. I think Mozzie Smith played much better than what PFF and others are trying to give him credit for. I thought Mozzie Smith was was really good, and so I'll say this: when you want to fire off a hot take about Mozzie Smith. Think about the hot takes you fired off about Tyler Smith 17 months ago. And maybe just holster that for now and say, you know what? There's some steady progress here. And the Cowboys have shown very recently with Tyler Smith that when they get one of these raw, toolsy projects, that they're really good at identifying the guys that it's eventually going to click for because they know 
the mental makeup and the work ethic and the football character. That's what I would say about Mozzie Smith. But, Brian, uh, really quickly, just some defensive thoughts before we transition over. Uh, like I said, I thought Mozzie Smith was much better in this game than he's been in others. Um, I thought he was getting off the ball a lot better. That's getting better every week. I only saw one time, Bobby, where where he got off slow. Other than yeah. that, he was playing with some good pad level and his ability to read the snap, react, get across the line, be active, not get blocked. I only saw one time where he really struggled with that. All the other snaps were he looked in unison with his teammates, the way they were coming off the ball. He's doing a much better job of of having a comfort factor of doing that. I think that's really, really helped him. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a guy who is really putting in the work. Uh, you know, they, they, the D-line all goes out there and works out with Adam Dirty before the game. Mozzie Smith spent probably 10 to 15 minutes longer than everyone else working with Adam Dirty um, after warm-ups. And so that's a guy who's committed to getting better. He's always asking questions of, of the other defensive linemen. Just I, I, I think that that's trending the right direction. Thought this was the best game the linebackers have played there this you year go. by far. Yeah. That was a big difference in this game. Vander Esch was good. Clark was good. Yeah. Um, that that's a, a trending up, encouraging aspect for me. And then of course the the headline was Duran Bland. There you go. Who you you, you got just you, fantastic. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Those were the two extra thoughts I was gonna give. Linebacker room, much better job this week of handling the downhill plays. Uh getting to the football, finishing the way they did, and then Deron Bland. Um, we all really believe that, yes, the Diggs injury was was a, a painful one, but Deron Bland and even Jordan Lewis ramping up a little bit, playing in the slot, I think has been a good combination. It'll be a huge challenge for those defensive backs this week. Yeah, absolutely. And and like like I said, we gave the – when you talk about the credit that they the Cowboys get for Tyler Smith, they also need a lot of credit for uh, Deron Bland, who, I mean, eight picks in, in 20 games or whatever he's played here. Again, that's a great job by Will McClay. That's a great job by Ross Winchie, the area scout yeah. out there on the West Coast. Um, a nice job and, with that. And a great job by the coaching staff for communicating, guys like Dan Quinn and Joe Witt, communicating the attributes they want, working closely with the, co- the scouting staff to make sure you pair the attributes with the, the talent that you're out there. It's one of those things that the coaching staff and the scouting staff, I think you're seeing on the field this year, the harmony that they're in is producing results with some of these young players. So that's a big benefit. Continuity is big. Teams yes. teams that don't have coaching and scouting continuity are, are will struggle because their roster will be uh, mismatched in a lot of ways. There'll be yep. little guys, big guys, and it won't fit to how the, the coach probably wants to, to operate. Absolutely. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.